Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Two things before we get into today's episode. If you have not yet already done so, make sure you subscribe to the podcast by hitting that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. And secondly, I recently launched the Move the Ball merchandise store. Yay! I did some initial swag last year, as some of you know, and people have been reaching out asking me when I was going to have new pieces out and an actual store. So I'm excited to share that it is out now. You can go check it out. I hope you do. There's a link in the show notes. So again, go have a peek, get your swag and rock that you are part of the Move the Ball movement. Okay, for today's episode, I've got a great guest with us inside the huddle and ready to talk about his experience as a pro athlete and how he moves the ball is Stephen Parker II. Stephen is a defensive back who is currently an NFL free agent who most recently played for the New York Giants. He played college football at Oklahoma, and he signed as an undrafted free agent with the LA Rams in 2018. We will talk about that and more on today's episode. Stephen, welcome to the show. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you here with us. I know you're busy training hard in the offseason down in Texas, and you recently were doing some workouts with Coach Flight, so I'll give him a shout out as well. And I appreciate you making time to come on the show. So let's start there with your offseason training. What are some of the things that you're really focused on right now? Uh, I would say really the, the main things I'm focusing in on are just all the correctives that I need to, to get done as far as with my body, making sure that I'm good to go, kinked up, just ready for season. And then also just working on my flexibility. I feel like with flexibility, it, it creates just a lot more opportunity for you to open up, you to, you know, reduce yourself getting hurt. And uh, those are the things that I'm really trying to do this season is to stay healthy and just to keep on pushing forward and giving myself the best opportunity possible. Nice. And you're from Oklahoma. Tell us, how did you get into football? When was the first time you suited up and what about the game made you fall in love with it? So actually, my grandpa was one of the first black players to be accepted at the University of Oklahoma. So that that has something to do with it. And then also my dad being a, a guy who ended up going to Oklahoma State playing football there as well. So I come from, you know, a background of football players. And I feel like for me, it just was just right there. It was easy for me to just go ahead and connect to the game. But that wasn't my only sport. I feel like basketball was my first love along with football. And um, I feel like with both of those together, it was just unmatchable. Uh, it was one of those situations where I had to pick one. And of course, football ended up being the, the love. And I'm going to ask, I was going to mention your dad and your grandpa. Your, your dad played at Oklahoma State, as you mentioned. He went in the Marine Corps. And I just want to say shout out to him because as an Army officer myself, that uh, means a lot to me for his service. So thank him for his service for from sure. all of us here inside the huddle. So when you look back on your time as a young child and the lessons that you've learned being a competitive athlete, 
What are some of the things that you think being a competitive athlete helps teach you to be successful as you're a professional football player, but also just in general for life? It teaches you to grind. It teaches you that there's nothing that's going to be given to you in your life. Whatever you want to do, you have to go out there and you got to go take it. It's not going to be given to you. It's not going to be, you know, uh, walking apart is what people say. It's going to be something that you have to put your, your stamp in every morning, say, okay, this is my time to clock in. I don't really have a time to clock out until my assignment is done. And I think that's what makes the difference uh, just, just throughout this world is just knowing like, okay, the job is, you know, here, but I can always go more. I can always push a little extra. And that little extra is going to get you over the top or over the hump. And they say that in your life can change in a year if you focus on the right things. And I mean, for me, one of the things that completely changed my life and my trajectory was writing this book, Move the Ball, which is what started this whole Move the Ball movement. And I shared lessons that football taught me as a kid. And when you look at the habits that you've put into practice that have made you to be successful, what are some of those habits that you attribute to your success today? I would say the top one is just finish. You know, you always hear coaches preach on finish, finish, finish the rep, finish the rep, finish the set, because everything that we do in life, we have to finish it. If if you go halfway and the finish line is just a couple feet away, then you almost just failed yourself because you're looking right there at the end or at the end of the tunnel. You didn't put forth the effort in order to just get it done, finish the rep and make sure that it's, you know, all the way through. So. I feel like that's like really the biggest thing for me that I always put in with football is just finish and just knowing that like once you finish, it's going to all come back and it's going to, you know, be the reward that you reap. For sure. Completely agree. It's important to have that finish, that follow through. Make sure you're completing what you need to so that you can move the ball, as I would say. So you've been in the league for a few years now. How has your perspective changed over the years regarding the NFL? I mean, it's a business. And so when you first came into the league, how prepared were you for that that mentality that this is a business versus, oh, cool, I get to play professional football? I would say that I was pretty prepared just because I, I had talked to uh, just a couple of players who already been in the league, uh, some being before me, like uh, Aaron Colvin, for instance, uh, Zach Sanchez. Those are guys who I either grew up knowing and played with or against or just whatever. At the end of the day, I feel like those guys really helped me out and they paved the way to have a successful career because now you're not going into the league just thinking, okay, it's going to be a cakewalk or this is the things I have to do in order to, to make it. It's not just that. It's the business side along with the football side of it. You love football. We love the business side of it too because of the money, but you have to know exactly how to maneuver and how to act accordingly. So therefore that professionalism could show through. Absolutely. And so when you look at the defensive back position, playing safety, what do you think are some of the skills necessary for you to be elite at this level? I would say you have to have great hips and you have to have great knowledge for the game. Uh, you have to know exactly what your opponent is, is thinking just in the time of the game. And then you also just have to know exactly when and when not to uh, communicate certain certain things. I mean, you have to be a communicator at, at all phases, but there are certain times when you have to make a, a, a judgment call is what I like to say. And that could be, you know, the difference between, you know, you winning or losing a game just based off of you giving a certain call and somebody perceiving it a certain way. So I feel like that is basically the, the, the biggest thing that you could have as a safety is just being a communicator out there the loudest person on the defense, the chatter defense is what we like to call it. 
So let's run it back and talk about you playing college football at Oklahoma. So you mentioned your grandfather played there. Your dad played at Oklahoma State. What was that like telling uh, your family that you were going to go play at Oklahoma? Well, uh, that that one right there was pretty, pretty crazy. So my, I never had the opportunity to meet my grandfather, but I've always heard nothing but good things about him. With my dad, he always gives me stuff. You know, he's a big Oklahoma State fan. But for him, you know, I think really the biggest challenge was was not trying to be a coach, but trying to be a player. Since he's already been a player before, it's easy for a parent to go into coaching mode or into that mode of, I want to protect my son, rather than just like letting me go through it and, you know, fill it out myself. And I, I think that he did a great job actually of balancing the two out because he told me at the beginning, I mean, this is going to be your decision. It's going to be your opportunity. So I'm, I'm going to, you know, cheer for you in, in any way that I can, but this is really going to be your choice at the end of the day. And I felt like that was the best thing that you could have possibly did because it just allowed me to, you know, relax, be free and to uh, make the best decision that was best for me. So I, I would say that was, that was the greatest thing about it. I like it. Great job, Stephen Parker Sr. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> so as a freshman at Oklahoma, you ended up playing in all 13 games. What was your experience like transitioning from high school football to the collegiate level? Ooh, faster. It was a lot faster. And uh, there was a lot of guys who were either just as fast or faster than me or stronger or stronger than me. But you had athletes out there on your team and on the other team. So uh, I feel like uh, with college, it just really geared you up to to get ready now fast, because if you're not ready, you're going to get left behind. And uh, that's really the easiest way of putting it, because I mean, I'm not going to be here today talking to you if I wasn't ready or if I didn't stay ready. So I feel like that was the biggest thing or the biggest difference between high school to college is the workload that you had to take on, especially uh, not even just on the field, but off the field as well with academics. And what were you doing to make sure that you were always ready? I just always stayed in training. I always made sure that I, I kept the right group of friends, just being around the right crowd and just trying to stay out of trouble. I feel like those things are pretty easy whenever you have things in perspective. So for me, you know, God comes first, family second. And then, of course, football was, was third, uh, along with academics being before football. So that was just how I was raised, especially in a military family with mom and dad. And so that, that's just something that I carry with me the rest of my life uh, just moving forward every day like I said it's a work day it's not really any days off so I feel like that was the biggest thing and as you progressed in your college career you ended up being a starter uh, your sophomore season talk to us about what what were some of your most memorable moments playing college football at Oklahoma I would say just my teammates Uh, I really love my teammates I think the uh, surrounding crew has everything to do with the culture which it does you know we're, we're brothers you know on and off the field we might not talk as much now or not might not be around each other as much now but these are the these are the times now like where we really think back and we're like wow like these were some great times that we had on the field together although we're not making those plays together anymore we're still making those plays outside of ball and that's going and tackling business as well so I know I'm in two group messages with just some of the OU alums and that's some of the ways that we keep in touch but I would say that that was the biggest thing for me was, was just my teammates, being able to play with the guys, the group of guys who I had. And I felt like they made my college experience worth it. And being on the football field, I mean, it's a high pressure situation when you're in a game. One of the games I wanted to ask you about is during your sophomore year, you, you guys ended up playing TCU, beating them out. You ended up having a pass deflection on a two-point conversion. 
how do you stay mentally locked in in those extreme pressure situations to make sure that you know you're on top of your game and performing when it really matters? Well, those are the those are the like the moments and the key times that you look for as a football player. I know for me, I've been training ever since I was what three years old, and at least that's whatever I was as early in sports as I could think of. And of course, I said it was basketball and football, but every moment that I had, I was always challenging myself to get better. And it also allowed my parents to put me in those you know, situations as well, because I told them what I wanted. So when I told them what I wanted, they allowed me to get there just by sacrificing their time, their money and putting me, putting me in those situations to where when it is time to go out there and make that key play, you're ready for it. And I felt like that was just all that was. I felt like that key moment in that TCU game was me just going back to all those key moments of the training and how the little things matter more than the bigger things. And that, that's when I start to see that those little things are really coming true. Absolutely. Yeah. They talk about how those little details, those little things are, are they're the difference makers between someone who's truly elite and who might just be good or great. Exactly. Now, you finished your college career with 217 tackles, 11 TFLs, three and a half sacks, 20 pass breakups, two interceptions, four fumble recoveries, and a forced fumble. When you look back on your last year playing college football at Oklahoma, what was the most memorable game for you that year? Ooh, as much as I don't want to say, I say Georgia. It was our last game, but I feel like that was the game where we're all locked in. It was house money, so the winner take all. And uh, I feel like it was probably one of the most exciting games I've ever been a part of, although we did not win that game. I felt like we just grew stronger as a group. And it was just great to to be able to end my senior year, you know, uh, with the bang. And yeah, bang didn't get the W, but the bang was just us being together and us being able to play lights out. We didn't get it done. But like I said, it, it was it was that last game together and just it brought us all closer. And I, I really like that game a lot. So I would say I would say uh, Georgia. OK. And as you know, people always talk about how there are so many parallels between football and life and so many lessons. And you know, I, I believe that there are so many experiences that we go through that are put in our path to really help us grow as individuals, as players, as leaders. When you look back upon your time as a as an athlete, can you tell us about a moment that you feel was really a growth moment for you and how that helped you to become better? I would say, honestly, a good growth moment was, I would say, whenever my mom ended up being a colonel where she graduated to be a colonel. So my mom's been in the military for 25 plus years. She is the hero of my life. I've never seen anybody, you know, do so, just do the things that she does, especially with the time that she's given. She never complains. She never has an excuse. Her work is there on her desk first thing in the morning and she's ready to go. So I feel like just seeing her grind, seeing her, uh, her passion towards her job and just towards her family, I feel like that was a turning point to me in my career just because it just made me go that much harder. I already knew what my mom was before that, but just seeing just the constant grind and all the, the things that she's been able to accomplish, I, it just... It, it makes my heart just pound that much harder because I'm like, no, nah, I'm not tired yet. I, I got more in the tank or, you know, I didn't I didn't get there. or I, I didn't make it to where I want to be. Yet. So I got to get there. I got to take those steps to get there. So I feel like that was the change or the turning point in my life. I love it. And shout out to your mom and thank you for her service. And to be a colonel, that's not an easy feat as well. So obviously she's worked very, very hard and lots of big, big kudos to her as well. 
So I mentioned when I introduced you that you signed as an undrafted free agent with the Rams um, in the 2018 or right after the 2018 NFL draft. Walk us through that first year. Like, How was the transition for you from Oklahoma to the league? What was rookie minicamp, training camp? What was all of that like? Uh, so it was very different, you know, going from college to pros. You know, I was already used to the training regiment, so I don't think that part was that new. I felt like it was just like getting your schedule all put together, you know, building building your yourself or get, gearing yourself up for something that you're going to have to prolong for the whole year. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but usually from the last game that you play in college all the way up to draft day, it's just you constantly working, trying to get your body back right. You're trying to get ready for pro days and combines. That stuff right there was no no easy, you know, no easy matter at all. And uh, I felt like just the guys who have gone through that, they know all about it. So I would say that's number one. I thought going in as an undrafted free agent, I already knew I was going to have to work my tail off. It was going to be a little bit harder than, um, you know, somebody that was drafted. But there was no excuses. It never was. For me, I always just put my head down, went into the building, took care of my business, got outside of the building, time to study. And I, I felt like I just took that approach each and every day. And I didn't look too far into the future. I just looked at the now and what I could do to control that. And the rest was history. I was able to, you know, make the team. And I feel like that was based off of the last game, last preseason game. And after that, you know, everything just kind of, I'm not going to say it floated, but everything started to transition accordingly just based off of that all that hard work and the dedication to just to stay on top of it and not get, you know, too comfortable. I feel like that added something else to do with it as well. So I feel like the whole year was tough, but once I got through it, it was an amazing feeling and it was something that I knew that I could accomplish because I had just did it. So I would feel that was the best thing. And we just recently finished our Path to the Draft series here on the show. We've had guys that are currently in the draft class going through the process. We had the draft, a number of them got drafted. Some signed as undrafted free agents. What advice, I've got a lot of guys that listen to the show. What advice would you give to new guys coming into the league, especially those that are coming the undrafted free agent route? Because to your point, you do have to work a little bit harder. It's a little bit different. What would you share with them? I would just share with them, don't get too high, don't get too low. Just know that each and every day you're going to have to bring it. And they already know that. And this is just football. This is something that you've been playing your whole life. You don't have to go out and and do something that you're not used to doing. Do what you typically do. And, of course, that hard work and everything is going to take care of itself because you already know your mindset. Once your mindset is set, then you're going to follow majority of the time. But uh, I would just say to stay consistent. That's the biggest word I could really hit you with. And uh, just know that you're that guy, you know, don't don't have any denial of yourself, but just know that like, hey, I can do anything I set my mind to. And if you do that, then the rest is history. Just keep on fighting. I love that because what you're really hitting on is the confidence, right? Like having confidence in yourself, knowing that you're meant to be there, putting in the work, of course, being consistent, but not second guessing yourself and just going out there and showing out every day. Exactly which is important not only on the football field, but also for anybody in whatever career, right? I mean, it, yeah, you don't have people that are competing for your spot on a day-to-day basis when you're in the corporate world, but still, you still have to show up and perform or else at some point, a change may happen. They may let you go, especially in today's day with COVID and, and this economic environment, you just never know. So it's really important to continue just to you know have confidence in your ability and then just perform every day. Exactly. 
Now let's fast forward to 2019. So you end up being waived by the Rams, got picked up by the Dolphins. Emotionally or mentally, how was that for you? I mean, people talk about how cutthroat the NFL is and they'll, you know, they have you today, they'll cut you tomorrow and replace you with somebody else. Like, how were you feeling mentally going through that, you know, being let go by the Rams and before you signed with the the Dolphins and were climbing off the waiver wire? As crazy as this might sound, I was actually pretty excited. The reason being because I, I remember having a meeting like with the Rams before the uh, preseason had started and they had told me like, hey, you know, you know what you have to do in order to make this team. And I felt as if I did everything. I put my best foot forward to show them that I was capable. I was a capable player in this league. I don't think that anybody could deny that. But for me, it was good to tell myself that and to prove that to myself. And once, you know, they had released me, Everybody in the building was like, we hope to see you here on Monday. We most likely won't see you. And honestly, I I took that as like, okay, I must have did my job because they wouldn't be telling me these type of things, you know, with me leaving and trying to get me to stay. And they didn't try to get me to stay. They knew that I was a player who was going to be able to play. And so I respected them for that. And we went on. It was all professional uh, on both sides. And I really love that I was able to go out there to Miami and uh, get a shot. That's all I ever needed. It's all I ever wanted. Once you give me a shot, now it's time to go out and show out. And uh, that's what it's about. And so your NFL debut was on September 8th, 2019 in the regular season against uh, the Baltimore Ravens. What was that game like for you? Wow, it was a long game. We got our butts whooped that game. But uh, we uh, we came back stronger than ever. I, I feel like the season did really in my opinion, I don't think that season really told the whole story. I feel like that was a, a team that actually was very passionate about winning. We weren't getting the wins, but I think we were doing the work in order to make sure that we put ourselves in position to win. And that, that's all anybody could ever ask for is, is to basically bring it, put your best shot out there. If it's not that week, then it's going to be the next week. And Day in and day out, I just felt like we were chipping away. So I feel like that was the, the best thing about that football team right there. And let's fast forward a couple of weeks. You ended up having your career start two weeks later against the Cowboys. Ended up having three tackles, defended a pass. Didn't quite win that game either. But how was it like being a starter out there? It was amazing. To me, that was just another proving ground to myself, like telling myself I have the confidence and I have the playmaking ability in order to do it. Now it's just about being consistent. And that's where the word consistency comes in. Because you can be great one play, maybe two plays, but can you do it the rest of the game? Do you do it for two games? Do you do it for three games? And that's that's where I wanted to go after that game. But while I was in the game, it was fun. I felt like it was great to see everybody flying around, including myself. It felt great to be out there. I felt like, you know, we did everything in order to win the game. We didn't win the game, like you said, but I felt like it was just a great building block as far as uh, for my career to start and to keep on going, keep pressing. And when you look at the NFL, a lot of people talk about, yes, it's a business. We've talked about that. People also talk about like the speed of the game is different. It's a lot faster. Obviously, everyone is good at their position out there at that level. What were some of the other things about the NFL that might have been eye opening for you? I would say just eye opening for me was was seeing people come and go so fast. You know, you, you seen some players that were really nice and you're like, wow, like they let him go. And it's not always due to the players. Sometimes it's due to numbers. And you don't really get that until you get into the league a little bit more and you start seeing the actual business side of it. So now that I'm going into year five, I know what it's like. I see what it's like. I've been a part of it. 
and I've also seen other people be a part of it as far as being cut and going somewhere else or being cut and coming back. So I think that was a, a huge, huge factor just in what I see and just my development into the NFL. And I feel like nowadays more people are aware too of how the NFL is a business. I feel like when you look at decades ago when players like it was about playing football and then when they got cut, it was like, oh my gosh, now what am I going to do? Whereas I think people are more prepared for that now that, hey, I might you know, lose my spot on this and then I'll just go find another team or let me prepare myself for what's next. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I definitely would. I feel like the NFL is doing a great job uh, or the union is trying to do a great job of of uh, just making sure that we're provided with just great resources. And for us players, we have to know exactly how to use those. So I, I definitely feel as if it is easier to go ahead and start your life outside of football rather than back in the day just because of those. And you know, people talk about how it's important to be mentally tough when you're playing professional football, but it's not just about that mental toughness on the field. I mean, there's a lot of aspects that contribute to how it can be stressful and mentally challenging being a professional athlete. Can you share with us some of the things that either you might have gone through or might have seen some of your teammates go through just playing at this level or being you know, a professional athlete? I would say one of the hardest things about being a professional athlete is just being away from family. That's That's one key component right there. My mom, you know, she raised me to always let me know that life is about sacrifices and you have to know exactly what you need to do in those situations in order to get through them. I just actually had something happen this past month now. Uh, my grandmother passed away. That was tough. It was really tough. But I was able to actually go to the uh, to the funeral and be able to do all the arrangements. Whereas if I was in season, it would have been a little bit harder to get outside of, you know, my football job, get back, you know, to my grandmother's funeral and then be able to get back in the ball. So I feel like that's one of the things that's really hard is uh, being able to stay close to family. And then the rest, I would just say, with us being able to go from one place to another, just staying connected with some of those good guys that you end up meeting in the league as well, because that's always something you never know if somebody's going to get traded, cut. You just never know. So just being able to have those teammates and call those guys your brothers as well, I feel like it's another another thing that's pretty tough. For sure. And as you look back on your NFL career so far, how have you grown as a player and as a leader in professional football? I would say I've just grown mentally. I would say professionally I've grown as well. But mentally, I feel like, you know, I, I was there on a mature level, but I was still getting the ins and outs of just business. And I feel like now, since I have the business, to kind of back it up and I'm doing a little bit more so like you know like reading and knowing exactly what avenues I want to get into in and outside of ball I feel like that helps me out so I feel like those are the things right there that that are the biggest thing the biggest key components that have helped me just throughout these coming years and let's transition to what you're looking to do outside of football. I know that you recently got your LLC up and running. You're interested in real estate. Tell us about why does that interest you and what are you looking to do there? So it interests me because I, I don't want to just be known as just a, a guy to play football, you know, go out there and go run some drills. No, I want to I want to actually be a part of this world and know what's going on. And for me, you know, getting an LLC was very important. I want to really get into real estate. It's something I've always wanted to dive into always felt as if I wanted to sell someone their dream house. Uh, I remember I used to tell my mom that all the time as well. So for me, it was just cool to have that, cool to develop that, because now I can go ahead and start on the real estate business with an LLC. And that's the reason why I opened it up. And of course, it doesn't stop there. I want to be able to open up more 
rental homes and have more LLCs that are going to be under different, you know, like an umbrella almost to where I can put multiple houses in, in, in my catalog or, you know, just in my little resume, but be able to have different LLCs for each and every one of them. So th- these are just things that I'm doing to uh, help capitalize outside of all and to just grow my, my brain, you know, on a mental level in that, in that capacity. I like that you're thinking that way. I also like that you're talking about multiple LLC since we do talk about business on the show as well. And many of my listeners know that I'm an attorney. So from a real estate standpoint, it's always, and this is not intended to be legal advice for those listening out there. I got to put that disclaimer, but it is good to have multiple LLCs so that way you can shield liability from your rental property. So I'm glad that you're, you're looking at structuring it that way. So very smart. And some, something else that uh, you are looking at doing is you have a foundation that uh, I know you want to do some, some activities and making an impact with the younger generations. Tell us more about what are you currently thinking you're going to do there? So I really want to give back. For me, I've always wanted to give back to kids. I love kids. I love being around them. I love being able to shed my light onto them. You know, just as much as they shed their light onto me, I feel like they make me a better man. It humbles me. And just with that being said, I mean, I have my foundation. It's called the Stephen Parker Foundation uh, right now. Plan on actually changing the name, but to get everything done and get the ball rolling, that's what I wanted to go with. And as far as just what we want to impact, we want to impact kids. And that is in any capacity that we can. So I want to be able to either uh, just train kids and and put that into my foundation or even be able to, to get back by giving them bikes or meals or just anything that we can provide. So uh, that, that's where we're starting off right now. And of course, we'll lock in into what we really want to do as far as in a bigger picture scheme. But yeah, I definitely love that I have a foundation and it's working. Yeah, I, I love the initial focus. And I mean, for me, I always talk about how moving the ball is not just about what you do in your own life and career, but it's the impact you make on others. So I know you're going to do great things with your foundation. I appreciate that. I hope to. So what I want to do now, Stephen, to uh, close out our show is I want to run you through our two-minute drill and just ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. First question is, when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? Professional basketball player. What position? Point guard. I played point. Very nice. Okay, okay. The leader skills then. Yes, absolutely. What three words would you use to describe yourself? Three words. uh, I would say confident, athletic, and modest. Great. Three words. What is one thing most people don't know about you? I have a a brother that is 10 years older than me. If you had one intro song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? Probably say Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill. It's still my favorite song. Probably one of them. But we have to go the clean version though. (laughs) Yes, the clean version is good. (laughs) What book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? So right now, the book that I'm actually reading is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I've read it before, but that's a book that I'm actually going back to read again, just because I feel like it gives a lot of great points. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. It's been around for a while, but definitely has valid points and it's a great read. So my next question is, you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? Oh, wow. I'm going to say it's going to be kind of random this first one. I'm going to say Samuel. Just because Samuel is hilarious and he's been doing movies for so long. So I would just want to know exactly what was his motivation to get started and what was his biggest move moving forward that helped him elevate, you know, his, his, statu- uh, his status. Excuse me. The second one, I would say, I would say Allen Iverson because Allen yes! Iverson was, <laughs> he was, he was my favorite 
just basketball player and icon, like period, growing up. Uh, I wanted to be just like him. I wanted my hair like him. I wanted the tattoos. I wanted all that. And that's part of the reason why I have tattoos. So I definitely say Allen Iverson would be one of those guys. And then the next guy would probably be, I'd probably say LeBron, just because he's inspired the community in great ways. And I feel like that would be a great guy to ask, you know, what makes him tick and like what is what are the reasons uh, that keep him going or what are the, you know, the things that keep him going. So I would say though that those would be the three people who I would choose. Great three people, especially Allen Iverson. Um, as I was screaming when you said his name, he's the answer. And I loved watching him play as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Me too. Sickest crossover in the game still. Absolutely. Yep. So my next question is, do you sing in the shower? I do. Yes, I do. Are you good? Would your girlfriend say you're good? I'm going to say I'm good. I'm going to say, you know, I can <laughs> at least get on American Idol, show, you know, show my vocals off that way. Okay. So what song would I want to sing? Said, don't stop believing. Hey. There well, you go. Yeah, yeah. You know, a little something, <laughs> something. It's a little, little change up. Yeah, that would be my song. All I would right. sing in the shower. <laughs> awesome. And so as we look to close our show, let people know, where are you at on social media? Where can they follow you? So you can follow me at, at Lil underscore Stevie 21. And that's on Twitter and on Instagram. Those are really the two that I hold. And then as far as the LinkedIn, I'm actually going to get the LinkedIn updated. So therefore, people can find me on LinkedIn as well. So those would be the two. Perfect. And we'll have those in the show notes so people can follow you on your journey. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Hey, thank you for having me again. It's been great. Of course. And thank you to everyone for listening. If you like today's episode, please share it with someone else. Again, hit that subscribe button and go check out the Move the Ball merchandise store. The link is in the show notes and we will catch you next time. Again, appreciate you listening. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.